Another episode of Awkwardly Cool. Hope everyone is doing well. And by the time this comes out, it will be the morning of game six between the Bucks and the Suns. Bucks being at home after winning a very good and close game in game five, 123 to 119. The Bucks now lead the series at three games to two. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. Like I said, in the previous pod, and as I've mentioned before, I am a CP3 fan. I want him to get his first championship. He has had nothing but bad luck happen to him, but I'm afraid to say I'm not sure if that's going to come this year. Now, not to say it's the end of it, especially if he stays with the Suns. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But this year, I want to talk about something. And I want to talk about last year's champion. As I have mentioned before, I am also a huge LeBron fan and a huge basketball fan in general. And when you follow basketball, especially in the playoffs, you tend to notice certain things. And I remember what I noticed about the Lakers and what I thought was something that could be of value for any team who hopes to win a championship is versatility. You don't just want great players. You want great players who are versatile, who are surrounded by versatile players in and of themselves. And if the players themselves aren't versatile, you want to have versatile lineup. Lakers last year, led by their two stars, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. AD, a six foot ten forward who could guard inside and out. If he's your, when he's your small ball center, it's the problem for the other team because of how versatile he is defensively and what he can do on the offensive end, finishing and even finishing from the perimeter as he did from a historic rate for him in last year's playoffs. You also have LeBron James, a six foot nine point forward who is was essentially the point guard for the Lakers and again can drive it inside is a beast in transition a great defender who can essentially guard all five positions versatile they also had JaVale McGee in starting lineup a good rim runner and defender and they had or okay defender I should say but incredible size Dwight Howard another player with really good size who was really valuable for them against the Denver Nuggets. Markeith Morris, another player for the for the Lakers who was who's a versatile player who's proven to him and his brother have proven to be very valuable in the playoffs because of their size, being both what around six foot eight, being able to defend fairly well on the perimeter, defend big guys, and knock down three point shots and can actually get hot. Shooting threes as well. Incredibly valuable, versatile players who are big. Someone like a Contavious Caldwell Polk, KCP, a six foot five player who shoots well, even though it can be streak at times, but he shot, shot well last year and shot fairly well this year. Who can defend? Who can defend and do a lot of things for you defensively? Danny Green, a six foot six forward, who, who there's a reason why when he's been on teams, they've been able to make the finals and not only make the finals, but win the championship. He can knock down three. He's a versatile wing defender who who's great off the ball and you can trust. 
Alex Caruso, a six foot five guard who is a great rebounder, great hustle player, smart defender who can do a lot of good things for you on the team. Rajon Rondo, a long arm point guard who in the playoffs, at least, can prove to be a good rebounder and can be good at leading your team. Kyle Kuzma, six foot eight, streaky, streaky shooter, but solid defender who puts in effort and again has size. The thing with the Lakers last year is they had a bunch of size and a bunch of versatility. And the thing is, one of the reasons many teams go small ball, you look at you look at the Rockets in last year in the 2020 playoffs. I mean, when they had their tallest player on the court being like being or not the tallest player, but P.J. Tucker essentially being their center at six foot five. It's not enough because the thing is, the reason you go small is because normally you when you go small, smaller players tend to have more skill. But what happens, as you saw with the Rockets last year, when you go up against a team that not only has size going for them, but they also have the skill to match. Going, moving forward to this year's playoffs, you look at the Utah Jazz, a good team. But again, Rudy Gobert does not do much for you or isn't as valuable for you against small ball lineups as was shown against the Clippers. They didn't have a small ball center they could go to. Derek Favors, again, is more traditional a traditional center, so he's not really a versatile defender in small ball lineups. And now you go to this series with the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, who can go big if they want with Giannis, and with Giannis at power forward, small forward, whatever you want to call, call him, likely power forward with Brooke Lopez at center at six feet or at Brooke Lopez at center at seven feet, excuse me, at six feet, he's a whole foot taller than that. And then you also have backups like Bobby Portis, who is freaking six foot ten as well. And even and even Pat Connaughton, who is six foot five and apparently had one of the highest vertical jumps in combine history, if not the highest. Oh, yeah. Jeff Teague happens to be six three. Also, they have size all over. Drew Holiday is six foot three and he's been using his, his size to get to, to the rim almost at will. Not not as much as at will as Giannis, but he's been able to get to, to the rim and do. And in game five, his perimeter shot was falling. Chris Middleton is six foot seven they have size all over the court they have versatility and i'm going to talk about the suns a little bit later but i i want to give credit to the bucks because it looks like more than likely they're going to close it out in game six because they are the better and more versatile team i mean i know i already mentioned in game four uh sorry in game three deandre ayton was in foul trouble he was in foul trouble. He wasn't able to get on the court or stay on the court as much as they need, which is one of the reasons why Giannis was able to go off and do what, whatever he wanted. And the Suns essentially got blown out. It was like, okay, Aiden's going to do a better job of staying on the court. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Game, game four, game four was CP3 just did not play well. He did, he did not play well. Devin Booker was able to come back from a bad game three, but unfortunately he had not only no help from CP3, CP3 was a liability out there on, on the court with all those, with five turnovers that only having 10 points and wasn't even able to make easy shots. Game six now, the Suns shoot well from the field, three-point percentage. They didn't lose a rebounding battle by much, but the shot-making from the Bucks 
was absolutely ridiculous in that second quarter. I mean, the Suns led six by 16 points in the first, and it just looked like, okay, the Suns are taking it seriously. They're at home. It's going to go b- back with the Suns up 3-2 and going back to the Bucks on the road, and Suns have been good at b- winning on the road. So it just looked like, okay, this is about turning the Suns' way. And then in the sun- second quarter, with Giannis off the court, everything changed. The Suns were outscored through 23-10. to 10. You know who was off the court during that run? Devin Booker. Devin Booker, who was a plus 12 throughout the entire game in a game that the Suns lost by four. But CP3 was out there. Now, CP3 had a solid game. I don't want to act like he he was trash and wasn't able to come back from his previous game. He had 21 points, 11 assists with just one turnover. However, a lot of those points came late in the fourth. And when they needed him to help stop the bleeding in the second quarter, he wasn't really there. Again, the Suns were outscored 23 to 10 in the second quarter while Excuse me, while Giannis was off the court. Remember what I said, the name of the game is versatility. The Sun small ball lineup has not been that good because, again, they it's one of those things where they have some skilled players. However, the Sun, the Bucks size advantage has proven to be too much. Corey Craig was minus seven. Cameron Prane was minus four. Even Cameron Johnson, who plus minus numbers looked really bad, which is unusual because he looks fairly good. And I don't think he's doing terrible on defense. But whatever it is, he was had the worst plus minus of anyone in the game by far of minus 19. And that's plus minus for the series actually just hasn't been that good. The Suns aren't a small team, by the way. It's one of those things, too, where, I mean, the Bucks in the second quarter were, were just knocking down contested shots. The, Drew Holiday was ridiculous. Chris Middleton was started to find his groove, especially in, in that third, third and fourth quarter. I mean, Chris Middleton had 29 points. And by the way, and CP3 is a good defender. He is a good defender. He's he's only six feet tall. Shortest player out there on the court. Way too small to guard Chris Middleton. Way just way too small. It's just one of those things where he can just shoot over him. He can do okay against Drew Holiday, though. Did not do do well this game. But Chris Middleton is just too big for him. And by the way, Giannis had 32, nine and six. Basically, their big three went off. And the shot making was ridiculous, by the way. I mean, they were knocking down contested shots, too. Giannis was even not knocking down turnaround post jumpers at a way higher rate than I've seen him. Like, I don't even know if he missed that many, honestly. He- he was he was that good. He, he he was that good last night. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. He he did well. He did well. And it's it's just a, one of those things where, yeah. I mean, again, I the Suns have looked good and look and the past two games they looked like they could have came out with the dub, man. Devin Booker has had 40 plus points two in two straight games and it hasn't mattered. They haven't been able to pull out the win. He had 40 points last night on 17 for 33 from the field and it didn't matter him Devin Booker I mentioned as I mentioned was plus 12 DeAndre Ayton was plus six Booker played 41 minutes still wasn't enough I hate to say it but Monty with the way it is Monty's gonna have to play him potentially 45 plus minutes next game if they want to have a chance at winning it it's it's become an emergency with how bad they've done with him off the court 
And CP3, as I mentioned, he had to, he ended the night with 21 and 11, but it came late. And, and by the way, he, he did knock down big shots late. But at the end of the day, after Devin Booker had that turnover with, I mean, with an incredible steal by Drew Holiday, CP3 unnecessarily fouled Giannis, which led to the potential four point play, which Giannis wasn't able to knock down. But at the same time, he w- was able to get his own rebound. And for Chris Middleton to, to knock down the shot. And that's if you heard that slap, if the gate didn't knock it out, uh, w- was me slapping my knee out of just frustration. Pat Connaughton, another good night. He's been seven for 13 from three point shots the past two games, going four for six in game four for six from three in game five. It's 14 points and six rebounds. Again, a six foot five player, high vertical, essentially the Alex Caruso of this team just does all the little things his team needs for them to win. Has played solid defense too. I mean, Devin Booker has been able to knock down shots over him, but it uh, isn't out of a lack of effort. Using his six foot five frame to the best of his abilities. It's just one of those things where, I mean, in game six for the Suns to win they're going to have to CP3 is going to have to play better than he's been playing like he he had a good game one a good game two and has just been iffy from there he's just been iffy from there game and his his scoring total has gone down each and every game until game six by the way or until game five so he was able to pick up his scoring total bit with scoring 21 and he's going to need to continue that momentum into game six because from what we've seen i mean devin the bucks cannot have allow devin booker to have his great games but as long as they stop everybody else they've been good they've been good cp3 needs to play like a superstar if he doesn't play like a superstar if he doesn't play like the best player one or one of the best players on the court because Giannis has been the best player on the court then they don't then they lose and they go out sad after blowing a 2-0 lead in the finals one of the few teams to do that Devin Booker is going to have to play a lot more minutes He's going to have to play more minutes. The Suns are going to have to do a better job of gang rebounding. Cameron Payne needs to find some sort of shot again because he he hasn't really been that good. I I don't I'm kind of afraid to say this, but remember what I mentioned as far as the Bucks with size. So the Suns actually aren't bad size wise. I mean, you look at it. Sure, sure. CP3 is the smallest one out the court on the court. He's only six foot feet, six feet tall. But Devin Booker is six five. Jay Crowder is six foot six. And he's been able to do a good job knocking down his shots, by the way. Mikel Bridges is six foot six. Mikel Bridges needs to take more shots, uh, needs to be more aggressive on offense in game six. That's another key, by the way. DeAndre Aiden is six foot eleven. And their bench, Cam- Cameron Payne, he's only six foot one. But again, with Cam Johnson, he's six foot eight. And Tory Craig, he is six foot seven. The Dario Saric injury hurts because that provided them size and versatility because he's a six foot ten player that can knock down the three and just grab some rebounds for you i mean frank kaminsky's seven feet tall but unfortunately he's too finesse of a player and just is not that good at all and they do have another young player in jalen smith the rookie however however it'd be a lot to ask him to come out uh for his first significant or fairly significant minutes in in the finals in a game six but the thing is i remember for jalen smith 
Reading a scouting report on him, he, he a six, he's a six foot ten player, and his calling card is defense and rebounding. Um, I feel like the Suns could use that for the versatility because this Suns small ball lineup has been terrible against the Bucks and has not been working whatsoever. Because again, the Bucks small ball lineup is Giannis on Giannis at center, and he's way too big and skilled for everybody else. And even when he's off the court. The small ball lineup just does not work, man. They're getting killed by Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton, PJ Tucker. It, it, it just doesn't work. It, it just, yeah, yeah. The Suns still have the talent to do this, but I just, but the question is, do I think they do this? And do I think they push it to a game seven? If I'm being honest with myself, again, before the series started, I had the Suns winning. Even after game four, I still was fairly comfortable in the Suns winning. They've had close games the past two games. The Suns were great in close games in the fourth quarter all season long. The Bucks were questionable. Yet, here we are with two close to two back to back close games in game four and game five with the Bucks being able to pull it out and have their players make the big shots when they needed it. And the Suns have continued to fall short. They have lost three straight games now. As good as they are and as crazy as it is to think that they could lose four in a row, it has happened. It can happen. And unfortunately, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, because CP3 has gone through frustrating losses his entire career. It just looks like it was not meant to be this year. And this was one of their best chances. I think the Suns could be good next year, by the way. If they retain CP3, and of course, they're going to have DeAndre and Devin Booker. They can be, be good next year. It's one, one of those things where Cameron Johnson is good. Mikel Bridges is good. Who knows what happened with Cameron Payne, but it, they have a good, they have good versatility with that group. All they, all they need is for Jalen Carter to be a solid player. And if they can keep Dario Saric, boom, there's their versatility. There's their versatility. Cause DeAndre Aiden has already proved how he can play against small boy lineups. Dario Sarge too has already proved it. If Jalen Carter is good and he's a defensive player that, oh, sorry about that noise. He's a decent if he he's a decent player who can get rebounds and play defense. And he was even a fairly good three point shooter with a solid percentage from the free throw line in his second year in college at 75%. Then they'll be good. They'll be good. They'll have a lot of the versatility they need in order to be good for next year. So again, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an. It's going to be an. It's going to be an interesting series. And by the way, I was just looking at the contract situation. Dario Sarri is signed for next year. But as I mentioned before, I don't know why I said it was going to be an interesting series. That was me just absentmindedly looking at the contract situation. It's a. It's just proof yet again that versatility in the playoffs matters. Not only versatility, but size. You need the versatility to play big or small as needed. Even the Brooklyn Nets for as talented as they are. If the teams were fully healthy, I believe the Lakers probably would have made the finals. And even the Nets probably would have made the finals. But the Lakers size probably would have overwhelmed the Nets because outside of Nicholas Clark, they don't have anybody with size that is good that they can keep out there on the court. 
Sorry, DeAndre Jordan. That means you. Suns, what they need for next year is someone who can run, defend, rebound, and finish. And actually, I'm saying the Suns, all teams need that. And that's proven to be valuable in the playoffs. Though I don't want to get too much into offseason talk. Again, as I mentioned before, Devin Booker is going to need to continue to play well for the Suns. He doesn't need to have these 40-plus point games, but he needs his co-star, CP3, to play like a superstar. And honestly, the team... the Suns have been much better when CP3 plays like the best player on the Suns. He he needs he needs to play that way. DeAndre needs to not get in foul trouble and continue to play well. Mikael Bridges needs to be more more aggressive. Monty needs to keep Devin Booker and DeAndre in on the court as long as possible. It might be a case where you only play essentially six guys, six or seven guys at most, but it is what it is at this point. It becomes a war of attrition. Your backs are, the Suns' backs are against the wall. They are the underdog at this point, and it's up to them to prove whether or not they have the chance to be champions with how they respond in game six. Again, though, Giannis is playing like the modern version of Shaq. Chris Middleton has knocked down big shots every time they've needed it. They've been able to go to Giannis, Chris Middleton, pick and roll. Anytime the Bucks decide to use their size, they've been able to do it. Even when they miss, because by the way, I haven't mentioned the Bucks half-court offense has not been good all series long, but that hasn't mattered because they have been able to get out in transition and they have been able to win the off the rebounding b- battle by getting offensive rebounds and constantly getting t- second chance points. They have more f- field goal attempts than the Suns do in this series. And they continue to have more, more field goal attempts as well. So even when a team is not shooting well, well, except in game five, but it did happen in game two, game three, and especially in game four, you you give a team that good, you give a team who's already that good, that many chances to, to, to score, it's, it's going to be a bad night. It's going to be a bad night. Again, I am rooting for the Suns, but I don't know what they're going to do against the Bucks. Size and versatility. When Giannis can get to the cup anytime he wants, gets to the free throw line anytime he wants. Chris Middleton has continued to knock down contested looks even on the road. By the way, the Bucks are going home. So what do you think he's going to do at home? Drew Holiday has seemed to have found his perimeter shot. He has found his confidence on offense and defensively, he's going to be there even if his offense isn't there. That has proven to be an issue. PJ Tucker is going to hustle and get rebounds. Pat Connaughton is going to hustle and get rebounds. Bobby Porter is going to hustle, get rebounds and make threes every once in a while. They just have dudes on dudes on dudes that they can trust out there. The Suns, they've been able to trust Devin Booker. They've still been able to trust DeAndre Ayan, CP3. Again, CP3 plays like a superstar. A lot of things change. My favorite player does that, then the Suns can win game six and have a chance at winning this series. However, I do not think that's going to happen. And shout out to the Bucks, man. They took a risk. The Bogdanovich move went terrible, but they still were able to go with Drew Holiday. They paid a high price for him, but it ended up working out because they have been able to make it all the way to the finals. And they are one win away because of key plays from Drew Holiday, like having that steal in the fourth quarter against 
Devin Booker and throwing that alley-oop to Giannis to close the game that showed that he was worth every single penny, every single asset that the Bucks could do to, to get him. It's a small market team doing everything they could, developing homegrown talent to potentially win a championship, which is not easy. Now, I'm not one of those guys who are like, oh man, this is so good for the league, a small market team finally being able to win. Oh my God. Eh, it's cool. It's cool. I'm cool when either big markets or small market teams win. I, I, I just think it's kind of strange when people talk about the in, in basketball, especially when the NBA's golden years especially when the NBA was on tape delay, they didn't get good until their major market teams or they had players on major market teams, shout out Lakers, shout out Celtics, become really good or have a all-world superstar named Michael Jordan dominate in, a, again, another big market team for the Chicago Bulls or the NBA being able to gain prominence and relevance again in the 2010s when, oh yeah, the decision with the NBA's biggest, best, and brightest superstar going from his hometown Cleveland Cavaliers to the Miami Heat. That seems to draw a lot of interest too. Again, I'm a fan of the NBA. It's I'm not knocking small market teams winning but again it's it's one of those things where i'm not going to jump for for joy especially when you look at the history of this league however it'll be well deserved uh shout out to cj mccullum uh, pointing out people like Chris Middleton, but Giannis is the MVP of the series. He's the MVP. He he's averaging Shaq like numbers. Shaq in his dominance. The dude has been able to put up 20 and 10 easy, even when he hasn't had his best game. He, he's the obvious finals MVP at this point. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to Awkwardly Cool. We'll see what happens after game six. We'll likely have the, the next recording occur after the results of the finals. Or if the Suns are able to do the unexpected and win game six, you might hear something before a uh, podcast before then as well. Thanks for listening. Take care. Yeah.